0: Welcome to the seven figure box show this is andrew freza and i got stu brower back on the podcast and actually i'm back on the podcast this is the first podcast i'm recording in over two months hell yeah so, a welcome uh, back episode stu, stu's uh stu's peer pressure for a lot of things <laughs> including getting back into the podcast game um but we're gonna be talking about stu recently uh I don't know how you want to say you got rid of your gym, but you're now leasing your building and essentially retired from the gym industry um, in terms of owning a brick-and-mortar location and now is collecting checks on the real estate side and essentially retired from brick-and-mortar. So um, let's kick it off there. Give us some of the uh, context around this lease offer, the sale, like how long has this been marinating for you guys? I mean, so the day I decided to buy a building... It's with the idea is that one day the
1: building becomes a retirement. I mean, let's be real. Unless you're very financially savvy, most micro gym owners, especially people listen to your content, my content, we don't have like a, a 401k set up. We, we might not have like a Roth IRA or backdoor if you're making some more money. Like we don't have a lot of that figured out. Um, I didn't. You know, I, I didn't have a, f- a personal financial planner until maybe uh, four or five years ago. So what was my retirement plan? My retirement plan was, was one thing I did know, which was the appreciation of dirt and commercial real estate, especially by market. So when I purchased in 2016, like that was always the plan. Like, I don't know when, I don't know how, but this building will set me up for the next thing. And that next thing could be, in parallel to owning a gym, it could be in, in replacement of owning a gym. And just the way things worked out, uh, we got a lease offer that came through. Um, and I, I mean, I get lease offers every three weeks for my building. It's a, it's in a perfect location. It's a giant fucking warehouse. Um, and, and this, this lease offer made so much sense to a ridiculous amount of, if I didn't take this uh, not only my business partner just fucking murder me, but, um, I, I, would regret it soon thereafter. So finally said yes to an offer. Um, and I will be sunning down the gym actually November 13th will be our last class and I'm not selling the business. I'm literally owning hundred percent of the IP. I still own everything because who knows I might, what if I buy another building in a year and a half and I need to throw an operating entity in it that's, you know, without with staff turnkey. I, I could put it in there. I could know what could pay in rent. I know what it could do. Um, or I could do something with the IP, you know, conversations with people wanting to get some of this or get some of that from an IP perspective. So yeah, I'm uh, retaining 100% ownership of that. And I'm calling it, it this is my micro gym retirement.
0: Mic drop. I love it. Um, we're going to dive into all the moving parts. You have so many, so many moving parts, so many different aspects to what you do. I want to stay on the the real estate the lease side for a little bit longer. Yeah, and so you you said you've basically been getting offer lease offers since 2016, or is this more recent that you've just been getting these offers? So I, there was a few purchase offers like within two years of us buying, but that's that's so silly. They're
1: just so low value compared to what the building will do in ten years or so. So just ignore those. But in 2020, March of 2020, we you know just like everyone else, we're forced to close. And I'm very much, I move fast. I'm like, all right, fuck it. I've got 3,000 square feet in the back of my building that's doing nothing. I'm going to put that on the market. So I put that on the market for lease. Well, that 3,000 square feet got zero attraction. Everybody contacted my broker regarding, well, would he lease the entire building? And this is in COVID when everything shut down. And there are restaurants, breweries, churches, office space. And we even had one that was going to be some like, I don't know, some kind of school for kids with autism or some shit. It, like it was every th- weird ass use you could possibly think of wanting the entire building. Cause there is a lack of supply in buildings around the 10,000 square foot range in Charlotte. So um, said no to them over and over and over again. Cause I'm a fucking gym owner. That's what I do. Like that's part of like the shtick. I like having a laboratory for urban movement and for my WTF content. So it was no, 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 no. Well, the offers just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger and I could start seeing the right end of the wall. So having to start having conversations like, okay, based on this rate, what if we get offers like in the mid 30, you know, when I say mid 30s, mid 30s, uh, $30 per square foot, right? Um, that would be something that we'd have to consider, like the, the, the rental check on that would have to be something that we'd have to have a conversation with them. I say we, I mean, me, my business partner in the real estate company. And uh We had some really cool purchase offers, you know, close to $4 million with like a 30-day close cash deal. And um, that was really hard to say no to as well, but I'm very long-term in thinking. But eventually, uh, a tenant came by with a uh, a really good lease offer, and we said yes to it. And so that'll be, they are currently the actual tenant. They actually are my tenant now. They are just not, uh, they have a six, they've got to pull permits and shit like that. So they're
0: allowing all the businesses in there to kind of hang out until November 30th. Nice. And I've, I've been in your space. A lot of people have seen your space. So when you said 3000, that was, that was half of your gym floor, right? That was not the full gym floor.
1: Yeah. If you go, so the entire building being 10,500, the gym that urban movement occupies is right around 7k. So this is like, this was like a a good, almost 50% of that back area. Cause the urban movement
0: model only needs about maybe 3,200 square feet. Gotcha. And then this new offer, who's coming in and is the coffee shop and the spin studio staying or are they going with it? They're not. They are not. The spin studio and coffee shop uh, will be dissolving the
1: way master leases work. So my real estate company has the master lease with my gym, ESC Fitness LLC. Well, those two are subtenants of ESC Fitness
0: LLC. So when I dissolve the master lease, those go away as well. So it sounds like you did that intentionally from day one, knowing that if this offer ever came came through, the only um, person making that decision is essentially you as the owner of ESC Fitness, not
1: correct, the coffee yeah, shop
0: and the spin studio. For
1: financial reasons with the SBA. It had to be subtenants because when the SBA, when they give you a 504 loan, they want to see your revenue models. So I was able to show them a really strong revenue model as CrossFit South End back in the day. That was what my numbers historically were based off as You know when I was uh, CrossFit South End. But they still, I mean, it, it's still a really big building for a gym to occupy. So we built in a rental model into the proposal to the bank. And so that's why legally they had to be subtenants of the gym of ESC fitness because ESC fitness
0: is the one actually holding that SBA 504 loan. Gotcha. That makes sense. Cool. Can you break down the numbers for us? Are you willing to share those? I think a lot of times people, people as, and and I think you've done content on this of of so many people that have sold their gyms or retired from the industry that are not really in a better financial situation than, when they were owners, or they just never had the success as owners and they got out and they called it a retirement. And let's just like to everyone, let's give an operational
1: definition on that. Cause I I realize obviously I make a video or a post that says I retired at 35 of my micro gym. I obviously understand the value of a clickbait, good title of something like that. But also at the same time, I mean it with dead seriousness as a heart attack, the word retire. What I believe retirement means is whether you play a sport, you have a career or you own a business on a long enough timeline, Those three entities, whatever one of those three you do, will retire you. You will not be able to play that sport anymore. You will get fired from that job, and your business will start to decline at a certain point on a long enough timeline. That's just the nature of time. So retirement for me is when you've done one of those three things to such a high level that you now can realize the financial success beyond it, and you can choose to retire from your sport, job, or business instead of it retiring you. And, and that's kind of how I looked at this. Um, I've been putting out a lot of content about, you know, being able to retire on a micro gym and can you do it on the gym itself? Or do you need to have invested in, you know, the stock market? Do you need to have had a, to buy a building? Do you need to have just have savings and savings and savings stocked away? So and we can get in all that, but yes, numbers, hundred percent. So um, for everyone knowing I bought this building uh, for $960,000, put about $375,000 of upfit. So let's call this a 1.3% 1.3 million dollar building, right? Um, my mortgage on it was around seven, and the rent we the rent I paid on that was around it's called thirteen thousand. Because when you buy a building, everyone a lot of people make the mistake. Oh, I'm just gonna buy a building and I'm gonna get really cheap rent. aka mortgage. It's actually be cheaper than when I was renting, and that's a great way to think about it. If that's your fucking ambition, that was never my ambition. Was to just pay cheaper rent. I could go rent a building and pay cheaper rent. But um, I always paid more than my mortgage because also I was developing an urban movement model. I needed to pay a fair market value. I had to, I, I couldn't just be like, hey guys, urban movement kills it. We do half a million a year, a 27% margin. And they'd be like, yeah, but you only charge yourself fucking $6,000 a month in rent or whatever, because that's your mortgage, dude. Those numbers are skewed. Like I never wanted that to be the case. So I charged myself a fair market value. Um, and uh, right now, so that's, you know, Let's call that 8 bucks a square foot is my mortgage, uh, insurance, and um, interest and all that. Taxes, boom, is around 8 bucks a square foot. We're profitable around $13 a square foot, which is what ESC paid. And now we'll be making over $32 a square foot. So you go from $13 to $32 in monthly rent, and everyone can be like, oh, fuck, I'd do that too. Okay, I get that. I, I understand why you would make, why at that point you'd do that now we get mailbox money right now it's like man Stu, what you couldn't make uh you couldn't make twenty thousand dollars a month on your gym like oh no i could face you how much work it is to take home twenty thousand dollars a month from your gym it's a lot of work you know what i gotta do make sure the shrubs are cut right fucking have a contract with the roofing guy that comes out twice a year to do inspections on that and the hvac so, yeah, no, retirement was definitely the, the option. But the gym is what got me there, though. Like, I, I want people like, to realize, like, there is no buying a building. Like, I don't have mommy and daddy money. I'm not a trust fund kid. I didn't blow some rich fucking clients in the back corner from the buy a building for me. I legit saved and worked that, you know, I started that newsletter, I don't know, two, three months ago now. What the fuck weekly? And I put out in that newsletter last week or maybe the week before an actual five-year breakdown showing numbers similar, Uh That would that would show you exactly how I saved to buy a building, which if you want to buy a million dollar building, you need a hundred thousand dollars bare minimum, like bare, bare minimum. And even that's not enough. But to save a hundred thousand dollars, that's not that hard, kids. Can you save 15 grand a year over six and a half, seven years? Can you save 20 grand a year? Like it all depends on what you do. Maybe buy less echo bikes, do smarter things with your money.
0: And then how does it work with your partner? Are you guys just sharing kind of the incoming cash flow? Um, yeah. And then we have partners on the the real estate side.
1: Yeah, just one partner on the the real estate side. We're 50-50 managing partners. So we, you know, we both we get into we could get into a uh a cockfight as far as decisions decisions go and that that gets difficult, but we've never luckily ever had that. Um I'm slightly higher than him in equity um based on money put into the project and all that kind of stuff. But uh yeah, so we, you know, we're going to get a monthly rent check. I get my percentage. He gets his percentage. That's it. You know, everything's, you know, very profit first based money's allocated for taxes. Money's allocated for, cause there are expenses when you own a building, right? Again, like I said, I've got a, we're gonna have to add an annual contract with HVAC and roofing and this and that, and there's going to be things that pop up. So there's still expenses with that business, but, um, we're just lucky to have found an awesome tenant, a brewery and a barbecue restaurant and a coffee shop an even better coffee shop than the one that I have in there now. And, um, and yeah, there's uh, the numbers are working out really well,
0: and it's I think it's a good opportunity for everybody. That's awesome. What's what's the future for urban movement licensees? Are there still licensees out there? Yeah, that was such a that was a fuck thing, man. Um, you know, I've been pretty transparent
1: on podcasts with this. Um, I don't know if any of these other interviews have dropped, but I launched the license model in 2021, January 2021. And I came out of swing and I was excited. We had like 40 applications, boom, bingo. We're doing the background checks. We're having conversations. But the the reason I did it in 2021 in full admittance, it's because these offers started getting heavy. And I was like, shit, like, I don't know. Like, what if they, if they keep going this way, I might be saying yes to something in the next six months, nine months, 12 months, 18. Well, I would feel like a piece of shit to go out and sell my license idea to 10 gyms and then be like, oh, hey guys, by the way, you're about, you know, half a year into being in an urban movement. Well, listen, but I'm sunning my location down. I'm going to go take the exit and the retirement thing. Like that would not have set well for me from an ethical perspective. So um, the applications came in, we had our conversations and we had a lot of emails like, why is this taking so long? Why are we not moving forward? We're ready to go. And we, we slow rolled things very heavily because of that. And we didn't tell anyone that at the time, we just let them know, Hey, there's a lot going on here. We're taking background checks. And so anyone listening to this, that was a part of that. um, You've probably been reached out to already at this point, but uh, that was, that that was the slow roll. It's like, fuck, I I can't, I can't do that. So um, as far as it is now, there's one possible deal, 12 unit deal on the table. I don't think it's going to happen. I don't foresee that being a thing. Um, but again, I still keep all the IP and I own 100% of it. So if something ever pops up and I want to, I don't know, I want to move back to Cleveland or I want to move to California, I don't know, I could pop it up again anytime I want or do something with that IP. But for now, I am effectively have zero intention
0: of doing any of that anytime soon. How, how much of that was you just not feeling like you could help them the way you wanted to without the physical location versus... I would imagine a, a, a good handful of them would still want to go through with it because they want to run it their way. They just want a little bit of the foundation that you put in place, which is there, I think, regardless of whether you have a gym or not. Yeah, no, I and, and that was the nice thing about it. We t- I told the team,
1: I said, once we have maybe three or five of these, there is no need for us to have an HQ because these are not franchises. It's not like they're all going to look like this. They're all going to look completely different from each other. So it's not like the way the 255 Clanton Road in Charlotte, that's my address, in Charlotte, North Carolina, looks is going to impact them whatsoever. But I'll be honest, I gotta, I've got to ask myself a big question. Do I think me that I'm going to be able to be as interested in this project at, at this stage? 2nd how many franchi- or sorry, licensees would I have to sell to keep on my full-time staff? So again, I'm sunning down the gym. There is no revenue for that team, for my team anymore. My team was going to be compensated like they are now, and then additional compensation to run the license model. Well, we're not doing any licensees, or let's say we just do a couple. You know, if we just did, we originally were just going to do maybe three to five that first year. I didn't want to do more than five. Well, that's fine, because that's just extra fucking, that's icing on the cake for their compensation packages. But if there's no gym, then their salaries and all that stuff's gone. And now is there enough money within that license model, unless I'm doing 20 to 30 locations right out the gate for these people. So it was a basic business decision. Um, And one that again, it really sucked because I was, I mean, man, I was so, I was psyched about it. I rushed it out the door again, only because I knew these lease things were coming and I wanted to get this thing moving. And I felt that impending doom, um, But yeah, I'm not going to lie. I really did enjoy the process of building everything out. It is cool to have. It is. It's been neat. Like I've had the groups and organizations that wanted to open up urban movements inside of, and we had Globo gyms, 12 unit Globo gyms wanting to put urban movement inside of each of the locations in different markets. And they came through with staff and it was very exciting. And um, there's a part of me that kind of regrets that. But at, at the same time, I worked really hard to make this building thing happen. And I'm just realizing the benefits of it and actualizing the value of the building about five years earlier than I thought, uh, with, which, you know, is okay by me. It just, a uh, little bit different plan than I had for 2021.
0: Um, what's the, what's the future for Deuce and Isaac? I know a lot oh. of us have I met them in person. I've seen them in your content. I think a lot of people have seen them. What, what are they going to go to now? So that that's the, like,
1: keep you up awake, keep you awake at night in the thing, right? Cause it's those people. Again, I always tell me what's the, it's the retention of your staff, not the retention of the customer. So, um, you know, I'm, those two guys are fucking thugs. They're absolute gangsters. And I, uh, I didn't tell anyone. I didn't tell licensees. I didn't tell my tenants. I didn't tell the customers. I didn't tell you guys. I didn't tell the internet world. I told Isaac and Deuce, hey, there's this one deal. It's from a group from out of state. They're looking promising. Now, granted, I've had a lot of people make offers and they fall through towards the end and stuff like that. So this might not be done. However, I, need, I feel like I need to tell you guys, this is where this is potentially going. And I'm telling you, you know. And essentially, it's like, guys, you got to do right by you. I'm not going to have an urban movement job for you, right? And I don't have WTF jobs for you, okay? So you guys need to do right by you. I have lots of friends in this industry. You might have to relocate somewhere, but I'm telling you, you guys, I, if you need placement or whatever like that, I'm more than happy to help. Dude, it wasn't even, I don't know, five days later, they both had... Very good offers, and they've got very good things going on. Uh, Deuce is uh, at the ground level of a startup fitness company, not a micro gym, or in the facility uh, logistics equipment type uh, company. Um, He got into the ground level there doing really well. Uh, And then Isaac is gonna be like number three, she's gonna be like the head of operations for a startup um, here in Charlotte that that's, looks, that's very, very cool. She's been doing logistics and operations, which she is just an absolute beast at. So I couldn't be happier for them uh, that they found something. And I, I was scared that they wouldn't find something. I don't know why. They literally found something in like a week. Like they
0: had great offers. They were good. But that, that was very fucking stressful for me. Yeah. Um, you had mentioned earlier that the licensing side of things is something that just doesn't really interest you as much now that you don't have the physical location. So I'm curious with all the different things you have going micro gym university, the consulting, the content. I mean, it's like, you got to hand, you got to hand in a million different things. What things are less interesting to you now that you you're out of the gym space and what things are more interesting to you now that you're out of the gym space. So problem solving has been like my main interest like, you know, every month,
1: I, let's say I do 40 calls a month with gym owners. Well, that's 40 cool different problems I could solve. Some of the problems are repetitive. Some of them I've kind of seen before, but they all have a unique flavor to it. So like, I love that. That's a lot of fun for me to continue. And I will continue consulting and, and problem solving. The thing for me that was less interesting on the, especially when we talk about the license model specifically was the idea that, and I talk about this all the time, when you own a micro gym, in a, from an HR incubation standpoint, you can only hire so many people, right? The margins in a micro gym are, are not as so much that an owner can be fully removed, walk away, and there's about 10 people, eight people in between him and having to show back up and roll up the bay doors and coach a class and clean the bathrooms and all that. It's just the, the numbers aren't there. I don't care, you know, if even if your gym, you know, with the numbers you guys do over a million dollars a year, stuff like that, like, you know, if three key people Something happens. There's HR turnover. You're gonna to have to. You're gonna to have to get back involved a little bit until you can rehire, redevelop things like that. So, for me, that's kind of how I started thinking about the license model. It's like, okay, cool. Let's say we get 10 licensees. That, that might be cool, dude. We could still do that. You'll travel a little bit. You'll get to see all these cool different cities. You get to see an urban movement in different cities. Like that would be like I would love that. And but then after a year, let's say they kind of fall on their face. Okay, now you got to replace them with someone else. Or what happens if you get a bad, you know, a, a what would you call it? A, a wolf in the hen house or one of those fucking, you know, analogies? Like, what if you get like, you pick the wrong guy, you made a bad move, right? Now you got to deal with that. And I did, I spent a lot of time. I talked with Jim Crowell, the former CEO of OPEX. I spent a lot of time uh, talking with uh, the founder of board 30 board 30 is a very successful licensed model in, uh, in the U S and in Asia, Jason Kalipa. Um, and, and even the franchise people, And having those conversations of like that whack-a-mole game that you have at the micro gym level too, but it's much more controlled. Like I've had the same GM for fucking a decade, right? I've had the assistant GM deuce, like going on five years, whatever it is, like way less whack-a-mole there, except with customers, sales retention, sales retention. That's the whack-a-mole game of the micro gym. In the license thing, that's the thing that scared me It's like, dude, I do not want to like, spe- I don't want to be in Chicago, you know, having a great time with this licensee in Chicago. And then in seven months, they eat shit, their wife breaks up with them, bangs a member at the gym, he goes through turmoil, he shuts the gym down, like, I just don't want to deal with that. That's the thing that like, um, especially in a post COVID world, where I don't think we're definitely not out of COVID. But there's some gyms that have still been hanging on. And it's just one of those things like, can they come back online strong? And unfortunately, the one thing I'll say, and I don't want to say this too disparagingly because there's a lot of people probably listen to this that that were a part of this. We had a lot of applications come through that were looking for a fucking light fest. They thought becoming an urban movement would fix a problem. And that's one of the reasons they did not get calls back because it doesn't fix a problem. It Actually, cre- it's going to create a few problems for you. You're going to have to you know, create brand identity around this. You're going to have to explain. And again, these are things we packaged up for these guys, but still, it's not like it's a you know a, a national brand that everybody recognizes. You're like you're you're creating something new. So um, that was the other thing too. Is I I also was a little discouraged, and I hate saying that because we had so many good applications too. But like with some of the apps that came through, we're just like thinking this was gonna be a fix, and it's certainly not.
0: Yeah. Do you like right now? I think you're in this cool sweet spot where you have all you have all the experience you've been in a gym setting, a brick and mortar gym setting pretty much on a daily basis for the last 10 plus years. And now all of a sudden you're going to have this free time to really focus on, on micro gym university, on WTF gym talk, all, all the stuff you have going on. Do you think there's going to be a point though, where you're going to start to kind of lose touch a little bit? And do you have, are you thinking proactively of how am I going to get back into the day-to-day mindset of a gym owner is that traveling to different gyms is that going to be dropping in regularly how are you thinking about that aspect of really staying in tune with the needs of the gym owner versus starting to feel like you're just growing apart yeah no
1: and and, you know i you know i chalked it up to and i'll I'll never increase this number but again you know it's it's 40 hours of conversations with what's, you know, multiple that could be up to 50 plus different gyms in a month. So that, that keeps me sharp, but you're right. I've got more free time now. I will be traveling. I like to get on site. Um, but the one thing too, you know, this, like doing something for over a decade, I don't think I'm going to grow dull on there or my, my senses will get less sharp. Um, I think I've always kept my senses sharp by skidding out of my gym and not, you know, cause even this, I'll be honest, I don't have that much more free time. It's not like urban was not a drain on my time. Like that was not really a thing. I've got my staff, they did their thing. Like urban was a very small part of my time allocation in any given day, week, or month. So now it's not like I really get back more time. I am allocating it differently and doing some different projects that we can get into. But uh, no, you're right. I, uh, I want to stay a part of it. And I think the thing that allow me to do too I really think my ability to create content that was meaningful for people in this whatever since 2015 was when I really started fucking around with outside of the CrossFit scene that I was in. When I got relationships with the alchemies, the metabolics, the, you know, the orange theories, the shred 415s, the berries, and I got to start seeing these other models because that was information that hadn't been seen and heard before. Like CrossFit affiliate owners forums, we're not talking about operational capacity before I started making those videos. It just was not a topic because within the CrossFit scene, we all just kind of stick within these four walls, and we're kind of curious as to what's the best brand of GHD to get. And like those are things that are fine to have conversations about. But um, I will continue to be a taste tester and a student of different boutique microgem models. Travel around um, and, and see things out there, and then bring information and my kind of take on it to uh, to to any microgem owner
0: what's the future on the real estate side of things? Is that, is that going to be this next Avenue for you is it to be really real estate focused since you've had some success there? Yeah. I'm, you know, if you
1: follow what I did with urban movement, I like a niche. I like doing things that nobody else is doing. And I'll be honest, I've, uh, I released my first commercial space in 2011. Um, I had one commercial space in 2011, another one going into 2013. And then I purchased this one in 2016. Well, I, I don't know if anyone's listening to this and they have a similar experience. My brokers are always really nice people, like good people. They forwarded the emails, they responded to the emails, they scheduled the showings, but they never found me any of my locations. Like, I found every location. I went on LoopNet. I passed by the building and knocked on the door and asked if this is for lease. Like, and especially today with, like, things like LoopNet and LandGlide and different apps out there, like, it's kind of like a residential, and I had no shade to any residential brokers out there. But anyone who's here who's ever bought or sold a house and you have a broker, especially if you're selling your home and you have to pay this broker fucking 3%, you're like, are you really doing more work than Zillow? Like, are you really that more fucking effective than Zillow? Did you really find my buyer of my house or did Zillow fucking find it? Now I got to pay you 3% fuck face. Like I know we've all felt that and I've got a lot of real estate agent friends. I hope they don't think I'm throwing shade at them. But what I'm saying is that brokers and commercial, the commercial real estate brokers are great. They do not know how to help a micro gym owner beyond scheduling of showings, forwarding of emails and looking at a lease and giving feedback. I mean, I've looked at leases. I have a call, like a lease guidance call people can book. And I do this service. And I mean, I've looked, I don't know, 200 leases since 2015. And there are so many things like, oh, my broker said that wouldn't be a big deal. I'm like, bro, no, you have to have a a right to quiet enjoyment in your lease. You have to. That means as long as you're not causing blah blah, you have to have first right refusal because if that bay door next to you becomes available and you're outgrowing the space, you want the first right refusal on that space. No, you have to have this like these are things that brokers and they're doing so many things like they're leasing a gym to this guy and then they're doing a subway down the street and a fucking WeWork down on the other side of town. So like most gym leases are small potatoes for most brokers, which means they get the least amount of attention. My goal and you know, uh, you know, with announcing this is that I'm opening up the Jim Real Estate Company, open for business starting January 2022. Um, I'm wrapping up being a licensed broker here in North Carolina. I'm going to add a couple more states to that that allow for reciprocity. But I've partnered with a firm nationwide so that I can, let's say it's a turf state. And what a turf state means is I got to live in that state to actually do business as the broker. California is a great example of that well, I've got a, let's say I've got a client in California who wants to work with me through the gym real estate company. Well, I could technically have this other broker in California that I'm partnering with. He can sign off as the actual broker, but I can be there and come in, come in and we do fucking six showings in a day. And we talk about the different facility layouts and how this would work and actually have a conversation with someone who understands what this building needs to be for the purpose. You know, I, I, I got asked, like, well, how, if you're not local, how are you going to know the good spots in California if you're not a local? Like, Again, Zillow motherfucker, LoopNet motherfucker. Like it's the internet now. You don't have to be physically present to look and see this stuff. And most gym owners do that legwork anyway. They know, hey, I want to be in these zip codes. No, I don't want to be on this half of the tracks. No, like the gym owner knows all that. Now what they need is someone to make sure they're not going to get fucked in their lease. And ultimately what I hope I really get to start doing working with gym owners who decide to purchase commercial real estate cuz they want to retire at some point cuz I and we can have a conversation with this i do not believe we any of us will retire through the vessel that is our micro gym
0: in and of itself especially if you're a one unit location yeah i agree with that um and i i i do agree with the approach i mean most gymmers know their location pretty well but what they don't have is they don't have the data to back it up, you know, traffic counts, demographics, they're not seeing that aerial view that you bring to the table. So it can be a good combination to have that person on the the ground floor. And then you have someone who's looking at the data and the numbers kind of behind the scenes. Now, are you thinking you're going to work more with leases initially or more? Yeah. I mean, the way
1: that's going to shake out, uh, there's more gym owners who need to sign a new lease, re-sign a lease, sign their first lease Then there are owners who are ready to purchase commercial real estate. So I think that's how it's gonna work. However, my goal is to continue pumping out content like I have been on the commercial real estate side and how you don't need to have a lot of money. I think most people discount themselves. Like I can't own a building, there's no way. I don't have hundreds of thousands of dollars. No, and you don't need it. Like one of the the things I'm doing right now, it's a, it's a course showing how to partner because I created a partnership, uh, real estate holdings company because I did not have the full 20 to 30% down that a traditional bank loan would require, right? So my business partner, who is someone who wanted to invest in commercial real estate himself, he didn't really want to put 20 to 30% down on a million-dollar building and, and zap up all his liquidity as well. So he partners with me, which means we can get an SBA 504 loan because those are only given to owner-operated business owners who are also going to own the real estate, 51% of the leasable square footage. So there's like, and so being able to like work with a gym owner, who's like, I don't even know how to structure a deal with somebody. I've been there, done it. I did it really fucking well. And I can make sure you do it too. And, but I did answer your question. I think it's going to be leases. And I think there's a lot of gym owners who are signing themselves into leases without certain provisions and, and things that, again, they don't know what to ask. They don't know what they don't know. And fuck face, you know, Coldwell banker broker that your aunt referred you to doesn't really care. You're just, you're literally one of his appointments that day. All that, that's, I mean, that's, you know, the gym real estate company. is all it's going to do is micro gym owners. So yeah, I think it'll be leases in the beginning. But and the nice thing about that, this doesn't cost the gym owner anything. If everyone understands a broker is paid by landlords and sellers. So you hire me as your broker. You have me represent you as a broker. It won't cost you a thing. You get stew and I, I might fly out to go see you and do showings. And we're going to be on the calls. Are we talking about this and anything? And it won't cost you a thing because I'm going to get commission from the, from the landlord. Same thing with buying a building. You want to go buy a building? I'll represent you and make sure, you know, we get the SBA funding right, this, that, and the other thing, and and it won't cost you a dime. So from a business perspective, and I'm totally cool being transparent, think of it as a business owner, every gym owner here. How can I activate an already existing clientele and provide them a service that they don't have to pay for but still makes me money? This. So it allows
0: me to keep doing what I'm doing, helping micro gym owners. Just doesn't cost them anything. I love that. For someone who does get that this is the path, one of the paths to wealth as a gym owner, they want to do it. What are the two to three things that they're either missing or standing in their way from being able to own their building? Sure. So, number I have the three piece. So it's like a plan, be patient, and be practical. So, like on the
1: plan side you can't up and decide today i want to own a building by the by J, or by december 31st 2022 now if you if you have money in the bank if you have access to capital that's different but for most of us the second we you know this little torpedo of a nugget gets into our brain and it plants that that seed that this is what you want to do you've got to start planning so the first two things you do is you have to understand what it is you're going to be buying so you start doing two things in parallel you start creating relationships with local lenders would have SBA officers or loan officers on site and you start looking at the market. I mean, I used to talk about this, dude, I used to watch cable access TV for rezoning hearings, dude. I like, you know, I'm not coaching as much anymore. Back in the day, you know, it was like 2014, 15 and I'm just kind of hanging out and I'm sitting at home, drinking a beer, watching cable access to see which rezoning petitions were happening and I'm writing down notes. I'm like, Ooh, such and such company, huh? And I'm Googling what have they done? I'm like, Oh my God, that's going to be this huge project. Probably look at all the other things they built. Like, it takes planning. You have to be strategic. This is fucking real estate, people. Do you know who does commercial real estate? Giant fucking development companies and holdings, like giant, like Portman Holdings, that has twenty-two billion dollars of real estate across the country. Well, not fucking micro gym owners. That's why if you want to play and sit at that table, you will have to, you know, put on your big boy pants and and start planning ahead of time. Um, Patience is another thing. It's one of those things where don't be like nothing happens in commercial real estate in weeks, all right, or days. It happens in months and years, quarters and years. So it's one of those things too where I've got guys that like I get on the call and, you know, I, I'm not going to throw anyone in the bus, but some people right now working on building purchase deals and building upfit. They're just leasing their upfits and they're like, oh my God, this is happening and it's going to take 30 extra days for this. And I got it, you know, this costs an extra 20,000. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, man. That's, that's how it is. We talked about this. Expect to spend 30% at a minimum more than what your GC told you and expect for it to go 30% over the timeline that he told you at a minimum. You know, I have one right now and they're so great. They're opening up uh, this dope location in uh, Denver that I'm working with. And they're like, we're going to be delayed a month. And I was like, yeah, that's awesome. And they're like, what are you talking about? I'm like, that's good. You're only going to be delayed a month. That's a fucking win. That's an A plus. I was delayed almost eight months on mine. And they're like, oh, I thought you had a solution as to how we cannot be delayed a month. Like, oh, fuck no. You're lucky you're only getting delayed a month. That's just the truth of it. So you have to have patience. Um, the other thing, too, is uh, I'll be real. And I, you know, I've said this in other podcasts. Uh, if you've got a wife and five kids and you're expecting your sixth and you're barely making ends meet at the gym, whew, Uh, you know, we really got to look at the scenario, you know, you really might want to formulate that that partnership with a with a cash uh, partner. Um, But I'll also tell you guys, there's also there are life variables that are probably going to work better for others. I've got some people that are in debt out to their eyeballs. Like, no, you're not good. no bank is going to give you a shot. Your best bet is to have your cash buddy buy the building. And then you do a rent to own. Like, that's a deal I've created multiple times for different people. So there are options, but there's a lot of things you have to go there. And the last one being practical, the biggest thing for anyone thinking of doing this is accepting the fact that you're not going to be a gym owner forever now. Now, owning commercial real estate is really, as I see it, the only way to do this, like to retire as a micro gym owner where you get to double dip. I'm, you know what, I'm going to do an SBA 504 loan, which has a 10-year period prepayment period on it. And I'm going to still be a gym owner because I fucking love being a gym owner, which, I, which is great. Cool, you could be a gym owner, but realize that 10 years is going to go by like this. And you're going to, need to be thinking when you build out the building, when you buy the building, the location of the building, when you think about the market, what could this building be to someone after me? Am I going to sell it? Am I going to lease it? I designed my entire building like a brewery. I built it after what's called the Unknown Brewery in Charlotte, North Carolina. Same exact thing. You've been to my spot. You got that little area just built out for a tap room. Bathrooms, I got that glass window so people could see in the back to the big vats and where they're fucking, you know, bringing in the hops and all that shit. That was purposeful. It was intentional. It sure, it worked fine for a gym, but it was really meant to be something else further down the road. So a lot of chess playing, not so much, or a lot of checkers playing, yeah, chess playing, not so much checkers when you think of this. So those three things I would highly recommend people just like for those three stages, plan, patience, and be practical. It's kind of
0: where my brain would go. And you certainly did enough drinking in the location just to make sure it could. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, man, will this be a great place for people to just get fucked up? And I can assure you it can't, it is. Um, I want to ask you about the location side of things and how much you think your ability to pull this off so quickly, because I do think this happened pretty fast for you in the grand scheme of it from 2016 to now. How much of that was... Sort of the luck of being in Charlotte. And I say that not to to discount your success, totally. but from the standpoint of how important is it to be in the right location in terms of the city you choose and within the city you choose to be in the right location.. And let me just nod to that. you know give you you know give you a nod of that.
1: Yes. A lot of everything that we have, that I have success-wise or anyone has success-wise is luck, but luck only shows up and actually can play a role when you're working hard. Like yep. I've got that fuel hunt sign there. It's one of my favorite signs, like luck favors hard workers. And I truly believe luck is really only a cashable token while you're working hard. Like if you're sitting on your dick doing nothing and a winning lottery ticket shows up, you probably won't even have the means to cash it. It, it truly, that's that's how this works. Um, so regarding location. If you look at commercial real estate, and this could be in a tier one city, New York City, Chicago, Miami, LA, you look at a tier two city, Nashville, uh, Cleveland, Charlotte, whatever it may be, San Diego, um, you've seen that commercial real estate prices have continuously nice and steady climb. That's why so many people now get freaked out. They're like, fuck, my lease is up for renewal, and I'm going to have to renegotiate rent. I rented at $13 a square foot, and my broker tells me that the going rate's 22. Holy shit. How am I going to afford that? So regarding location, CrossFit South End, and I I would literally put this up against maybe everything, unless you had a gym next to Red Rock, like was the dopest CrossFit location, not building, location. I had a 300 car parking lot for game day, about 160 yards away from the Panther Stadium. I was right off the highway and I had another like 30 car parking lot that maybe about nine to $12,000 a year in rental income wide open bay doors. I had a 30-foot post. It was the biggest thing in the area. You could see it from everywhere. You could walk out the, pan- the Panther Stadium and see the Crosswood South inside. Um, standalone building. I had no neighbors. Amazing location. When I bought my building at 255 Clanton Road, I lost people because I went in the wrong direction. I went away from all the cool breweries. I went away from all the stadiums and the fun and the hurrah and the trendy neighborhoods and boroughs and bar districts. And the walkability, I, wa- I, I left all of it. But I knew, Stu, you're no longer thinking like a gym owner. Stop being a little bitch. You're now you're you're thinking like a real estate person now. You know, I yes, you're gonna lose some members, but guess what, dude, you'll you'll fucking find some new ones. And I went to a building. There is no reason, and you've been in my spot, but there's no reason for anyone to go on that road fucking ever in 2016 when I bought it. No reason. Yeah, now there's some reasons. There's a brand new brewery opening up behind me. There's the cider place next to me. There's all these new townhomes next to me. There's a quick trip across the street. Like there are now more reasons and there's still more reasons to come. But that's why when we think about location, don't go to the party that's already bumping. When you buy commercial real estate from a cost perspective, just so you can see the realize this vast appreciation like I did very quickly, you got to go somewhere where it's on the fringe. It's on the fringe of what it is. And that goes back to the planning. I knew what companies had purchased parcels around that area. And the way that works, if so everyone understands, like, and you hear this from gym owners, like, dude, uh, Amazon just bought this land over here. They're going to turn it into a headquarters. I bet you I'm going to get all their fucking employees. It's going to be dope. I'm like, cool. When do you think that's going to happen? They're like, I don't know, a couple of years. I'm like, try 10, fuckface. Like, by the time they actually do the construction, they set up shop, and, and you actually realize it. Anyone who's ever had development happen right near their gym realizes the day the development's done is not the day you realize the development. It takes a couple years. I look at these things in decades generally, okay? So um, I looked at 2016 and I figured by 2026, I would realize the benefit of that location. It would have gentrified. It will have become cooler. There've been lots of reasons to go to that area, but I looked at it in a 10-year window and I'm lucky enough
0: that it happened in in a five, And I think it's important to say that this was not just a shot in the dark, you saw actual leases, you knew what the potential, the seeds that were being planted in this area, in addition to knowing, okay, Charlotte's got these kind of elements to it. I see Charlotte um, on the whole being somewhat up and coming, but it was this area has these specific uh, things that are about to be developed. Yeah.
1: And, and that's, and that's like everywhere. I've got uh, one of my longest term clients who owns John Murray, he owns altitude athletics, a great micro gym out in Bozeman, Montana, Bozeman, Montana. Have you ever been to Bozeman, Montana? No one's fucking been to Bozeman, Montana, but guess what? It's one of the fastest growing spots west of the Mississippi. I mean, and that's a, that's a very, granted, they have skiing and they've got, you know, they, they've got that whole thing going on over there, but still like It's it's kind of a remote place to pop. So, anyway, if you're in a tier one market, like I like, go back to Boston, go back to New York and LA. Like, you've already popped. There's still going to be growing areas. Like, even Boston, I was just there a weekend ago to go party, and it's just like it's insane the amount of growth Boston's seen, and that's a tier one already established city. So, tier two cities, even some smaller ones, are seeing rapid growth. I mean, like the economy, guys, has been. I mean, it's been dope for the past eleven years. Like we're just been riding high since 2009, uh, 2010, even with that crash. So it's uh, anywhere you're at right now, if you just do a little research and you know people in commercial real estate who can pull reports and do things, um, you're, you're, you you're should be, you're, your area probably, not everywhere, but your area is probably due for some solid appreciation over the next decade.
0: Cool. Is there anything else that you want to... Add or say to that, and and then if not, um, we can kind of wrap up and and let people know where to get in on the find out about the, yeah. the company.
1: Um, I again, I'll, I'll say one more time: if you're if you got a gym right now that's cash flow positive, you're getting paid, staff is getting paid, and you're, you're like you're happy where you're at, you should be thinking of okay, well, what does this actually mean in ten years? Um, I've talked to people that, like hey, you could hire a really good personal financial planner, and he could take five hundred dollars a month put it into an index fund in the S&P. And with the magic of compound interest and compounding growth, that $500 a month, by the time you're 70, you're ready to retire. That'd be about five and a half million dollars. at a Let's call it an 8% annual return, compounding year after year. Five and a half million. That's dope at 65. Can you hold on to your micro gym until you're 65 without that thing running away from you? Probably not. Like I said, that game is going to retire you before you get a chance to retire it. And there's very few of us that can siphon enough cash out of the business. And even if you save it, like you never want to save money. That's dog shit. Like get your money working for you. But like, it's just tough. I guys, I truly believe commercial real estate is the only retirement play that allows you to continue playing gym owner for as long as you choose. And the day you decide you don't want to, the day something unforeseen happens to your family and you have medical bills or something like that, you now have an option that you can cash in. And hopefully, if you're living in Florida like Andrew and your capital gains tax is dick, uh, you'd be in a really good position. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I truly, I want micro gym owners to be able to retire. I want them to have this. level, And I, I think commercial real estate is, is the best play for that. So if anyone's interested in having that conversation, I have currently uh, the link in my bio. There's a form. It's just for the gym real estate company. And essentially, it's just asking you, kind of, are you leasing? Are you buying? Do you want to lease again? Or are you looking to buy purchase essentially? And what state are you in? Um, and I'll ask a couple other questions, but essentially you fill that out and then I'll contact you probably personally just to get a better idea as to what you're looking to do. And then because it's just me, the Jim real estate company sounds kind of official. It's me. Now I've got a handful of contractors who are going to be doing 2D and 3D renderings, operational uh, capacity analysis, market analysis, like stuff like that, but it is essentially going to be me. So uh, I just want to kind of figure out who's maybe interested in uh, working together over the next year or two. Um, And, uh, and that's kind of our starting point.
0: Awesome. Well, great. We'll wrap up there. Thanks for joining us too. Thank you, man. I appreciate it.